0: Hello gorgeous people and welcome to another TV Central one-on-one podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. This is episode 12, 2023. Today I'm joined by Nadine Garner, whom all of Australia knows and the extent of her work will depend on how old you are. For me, I was introduced to Nadine in one of my favourite shows of the 80s, The Henderson Kids. She was in Raw FM, the lead in Seven's City Homicide, which Seven still claim is being rested. Um, There was the Dr. Blake mysteries and Savage River, as well as guest starring roles in literally almost every Australian drama. However, Mm -hmm. she has completed the lead role in a new Australian movie, Darklands, available now on Stan. This is certainly seeing Nadine in a very different role. It's confronting, it's gripping, it's violent in parts, and it blurs the line of good and bad, and will leave you wondering how close to a dangerous line we could all be when confronted by unimaginable anger and despair. Nadine, thank you for joining me at TV Central.
1: Oh, thanks for that wonderful introduction, Aaron. Very comprehensive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I guess we can start by by asking, perhaps outlining the premise of of Darklands and your role.
1: Yeah, I mean it's an unusual film isn't it it's really it's a it's a tale of uh, it's a moral dilemma um it's it's a it's a film about what can go terribly wrong when you push someone to the edge of sanity Mm. and it it sort of deals with two major themes one is that of um uh mental health um the mental health of first responders and how we take for granted that the people who come to our rescue or who protect us are, are always going to be the knight in shining armour and infallible and in fact in this situation this person is not um and it talks of the the social media and, and how we can destroy a person anonymously from our armchair um simply because we think we know the full story when in fact we know very little so it's you know it's um it's a very important tale of our times I think that uh, we we're all very brazen online and and can get very sort of um opinionated from this place of safety of our own home and can go out sort of trolling or attacking people online with very little understanding of that the, the true story behind the person who we may be aiming our vitriol at.
0: Mm. I mean, it probably wasn't the best uh, week for me to watch, having gone through probably the second most like heartbreaking incident in my own life. It was a lot to relate to with Sam Romans. It kind of made me think that, like, I'm Aaron Ryan, you're Nadine Garner, we know ourselves as individuals, but it made me think, do we really know ourselves, especially when confronted by unimaginable heartbreaking and tragedy? Would, would you agree with that?
1: I think so. I think that's really true, Aaron. I think at that point where someone goes postal, in quotation marks, that we are all confronted with a, a humanity that's shared among all of us like we are no better than anyone else when we're when we're actually pushed to that point of such deep grief and despair that we lose our humanity so once we step across that line mm. and some people we don't really know what that threshold is right and I think the, the interesting thing about Romans is that she's a first responder and society expects her to have this extraordinary threshold of tolerance. But she's already, by the time we meet her at the beginning of the picture, she's already suffered incredible loss, a terrible childhood of abuse, and then um, loss of two family members on top of that. So she's already pushed to the brink and she somehow managed to dig deep and find resolve and resilience. Um But then that, the last straw, occurs and she loses her compass, her inner compass, I suppose. She loses her humanity and she goes into a different place. Um, And I think you're absolutely right, Aaron. I don't think there's any telling how any of us are going to respond once we're pushed to that place and all the more reason why we should tread carefully with ourselves and with each other.
0: The other area that I think that the movie um, questions ourselves really is, is wondering if a level of violence is ever justifiable. I mean, in heroes versus villains type movies, it's a lot easier. However, this is not good guy versus bad guy. It's a very complex situation. I mean, I guess some will see black and white. Is it okay at the end of the movie to have sympathy for, for Sam, do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's a morality tale, isn't it? It makes us question what is right and wrong. I mean, I I, I personally don't believe that extreme violence or murder is ever the answer. Two two wrongs don't make a right. I don't think by inflicting pain on the person that's hurt you, you can correct it. But she does say in the film, and there is that, you know, that there is something deep inside us that will seek revenge for deep, deep wounds unless you're incredibly enlightened and, and some of us have done, you know, there are people out there who work towards um not having any vengeful feelings. You know, you could say that people who are very religious or Buddhists or, you know, Hindus or people who are very devout would always argue that there's never a place for violence, that you have to transcend that or even, you know, Christianity, Turn you turn the other cheek. You know, that is what we aspire to. That is the higher form of humanity, but the lower base level humanity is always looking for revenge and Unfortunately that is why we still have war on the planet that is why we can't seem to crawl out of this he did it to me so I'm going to do it back to him kind of thing we're in the grip of that as 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 a species and and romans embodies that unfortunately um and no one benefits from that i mean nothing good comes of her um
0: of her need and want to inflict pain mm. In the, in the intro I mentioned about blurring the lines between good and bad, is your character, Romans, good or bad? I mean, I personally find that almost impossible to decide, but maybe that <laughs> says something about me.
1: No, I love that you say that, Aaron, and I think she transcends good or bad. I think once you take someone's humanity away from them and they've gone into that place where they're no longer checking in on their moral compass, she's beyond reproach in a way. I mean, she's... Mm she becomes a creature of I don't know what something other and so she knows that and I don't want to give it away but you know ultimately what happens is that she she balances the score right she she's no, she knows where she's gone that she's gone beyond the point of redemption and so she takes the ultimate action
0: mmm was, was there a deliberate target um, in the media's involvement? Perhaps lack of sensitivity in stories, or was that just the instrument to use to demonstrate how we as humans can judge and d- discriminate someone without understanding their situation, or I guess walking a mile in their shoes? Um, was it deliberate by the writer? Like to to use like was it, was the focus there? Because there was a focus there on the media, um, but I'm wondering if. If the movie was actually just targeting the media itself, or just using the media as an instrument to to demonstrate how we, how we can judge and discriminate people,
1: I think Christopher Gist, who wrote it, very much wanted to comment on um, that casual ca- capacity to destroy someone's life yeah. by by setting a campaign against them. I, I think you know we live in times where the truth is negotiable, and if enough people decide that something is real, then it becomes real. These are scary times. Mm. Um, And if you are the target of that vitriol, if you are the target of a hate campaign when you have done nothing wrong but someone's just decided to take umbrage, you know, what Defenseless. And it's a bit like, you know, we're just sort of addicted to the wildfire of it as well. Like we're so addicted to the headline. We're so addicted to the drama. I mean, I see it without going into too much personal detail but i see it in my teenagers you know who are on snapchat and insta mm. the whole time and they are their brains are constantly scanning for the next bit of scandal it's like we've designed people now just to only react to scandal and we're so used to scandal that the next scandal has to be bigger um and so there's this crazy kind of place that we've got to where we, we want things to be alarming. We want things to be horrific. And so we jump on a bandwagon without really examining the facts. And, and I think the media has got a lot to do with that. The media is always looking for a headline. Um, and it's all, sorry to be political, but it all comes down to, you know, the powers that be and, and capitalism and wanting to make a dollar. And the, mm-hmm. and capitalism doesn't care who it throws under the bus. The system doesn't care as long as people are liking it or clicking on it. Um, that's the system we live in and we're all kind of prisoners to that and slaves to it as far as I'm concerned.
0: That The drama that you were talking about um, probably is not surprising that the number one program or TV show in Australia is Married at First Sight then.
1: Exactly. Couldn't get more ludicrous, right? Yeah. (laughs) So what do we do? I was saying this to my kids the other day and they said all they can do now is married naked at first sight (laughs) because they have to keep finding something more ridiculous. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Uh, look the movie is really um next level in terms of emotions how hard was it to film some of those scenes because I I just can't imagine filming one of those like really big punch type scenes and then calling cut and then just snapping back into reality and having a coffee
1: (laughs) I know it's weird right and um the thing about this film is we shot it really fast Aaron and it was shot in lockdown and it was you know basically it was a micro budget so Everything that the film cost is on screen. No one really got paid. There was very nominal pay. So the crew was there simply out of goodwill and a, and a belief in in the script, which is so often the case in this film industry in Australia, I've got to tell you. Um, so I felt a real um, duty of care to the crew as well because they were watching you know, pretty horrible material all day. And and watching Sam told do, you know, all that grief-stricken stuff that she has to do, that was really harrowing for everybody. And so everybody felt touched and affected by that space. And, you know, Scott, who you know, um, the director, Scott Major, he did a re- really wonderful job of holding a space where the actors could go into that really dark place, but then he would hold the set so that when we came out of that, everything was reset back to this is a professional set, we're making a movie, and everyone's safe and okay. And, look, I just think we were very lucky in that he's a very clear-minded leader of a set, and we had an excellent and very, very um, experienced first AD, Karen Mahood, and really it's just up to the professionalism of the crew and the schedule. So... You know, even though you step into that reality and you create that scene, you're also one part of your brain's going, I really hope this we get it this time because we've got, you know, another six scenes to shoot. Um, And a lot of the time we were shooting night shoots and not, you know, not finishing until three or four in the morning. So there was an imperative to get people home. (laughs) So... (laughs) Yeah, I guess there's just one side of you that it is a craft and it is a job and we were trying to deliver content as best as we could with all the restrictions that we had and that's what kept us focused I think.
0: So there was that support there for each other um, especially with Samantha told because I'd say well, 80% of the movie uh, involves scenes with just you and and her so yeah. were you able guys to come together and support each other?
1: talked a lot and before the film started and I said to to Scott you know you have to create the space where you know we feel held in this because this is a crazy place to go and I actually felt pretty good I did you know there were there were times where going home and lying in bed at night I realized that I wasn't I wasn't in a great place but that I would recover and and, you know, it was just for a short period of time and I knew I was fine. But I, you know, I did genuinely worry about Samantha. Um, and I said that the whole way along. I said, I'm okay because I'm the perpetrator, but Samantha is, you know, she some people could see she's the perpetrator to begin with, but then she absolutely becomes a victim of horrific mm. circumstances. And yeah, I was concerned about her well-being, of course. And it costs, it always costs something to do a film like that. It doesn't you can't get out of it unscathed. It's just the recovery time, you know. There's got, to, there has to be recovery time, and and I'm sure she could speak to you about that, what it cost her, and, and how she recovered because that was a very personal journey for her.
0: Well, there was also a number of violent scenes in the film that will raise a few uh, eyeballs. Um, definitely at least one look away moment. I mean, in a lot of cases, I would say that it's not necessary to, to go that far in with some movies. I mean, we get the idea of, of of the type of violence. But in this movie, it almost seemed necessary to go that far because of the theme of, of the movie. What was the talk on set about, you know, from, from the um, director and creator about about the reasons for going that far with the violence?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I think when, when I first read the script, it was more violent. Um, <laughs> wow. And I, Is that when, possible? Yeah. And so when I look at it now, I mean, I guess compared to, you know, other films that we we all know, Tarantino films and stuff, Aaron, it's not, it's not a slasher movie. You know, it's not like there's blood splattering over the walls or anything. There's a couple of fight scenes. There's a bit of gunfire. Um, And there's one particular, you know, hand-to-hand combat scene. I mean, she is Samantha Roman's is ex-army, and she can fight, and she can. She's a trained policewoman. So I guess, in order to make her believable, we needed to see her in action, right? Mm -hmm. We need to believe this person is not only completely out out there in the, you know, where the taxis don't run in terms of her mental health, but she's also capable of wreaking havoc physically as well and so I think that was an important part of the legitimacy of her character actually.
0: Yeah Um, let's talk about um, Scott just for a moment because you you did touch on that Um, I mean who would have thought that uh, Rivers from Heartbreak High would be such an accomplished director all these years later I mean he's done a lot of stuff um, you know as well as as well as this movie um, just touch again on how, how Scott was, in you know, in terms of directing, because this really was a whole new level than just directing, you know, say, you know, neighbors or something like that.
1: Yeah. Well, i I've always championed him as, um, as a human and as someone who, you know, I know he's come up through neighbors, but I've got to say that directors who train on neighbors, they'll never work as fast anywhere else. They're such good, um, problem solvers, those directors, cause they have to think so quickly. Yeah. I think what was brilliant about Scott, not only is he still an emerging director developing his skills, but he brings that capacity to work fast and at a pace, which we really needed because we had 15 days to shoot it. So him and Dan Maxwell really did all the the work up front to storyboard it. Like they storyboarded those fight scenes within an inch of their life. Like we choreographed them. We were rolling around the floor with Dan in rehearsal so that he could choreograph exactly exactly we didn't have any room for chance. We didn't go, you know, take three, take four, take five. We didn't have that. We had take two if we were lucky, take three. You just didn't have time. There was no money. There was no time. And so the only way you can circumvent completely failing is to actually prepare, 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 and then when you think you've done all your preparation, do more.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so that's why Scott was able to deliver something that I think is really punches above its weight as a micro-budget film because, you know, he really did the work and he's able to problem solve quickly if, that, if something changes.
0: I, I mentioned you'd, you'd been in almost every Australian drama, at least in a guest role. Funny enough, though, that you weren't in one particular one that actually had Sam told, Damien Walsh Howling and even Scott Major. So if I'm right, no Blue Healers for you?
1: No, I don't know what. They just didn't like me out there, I reckon. <laughs> <sure. laughs> I didn't get a gig on that one.
0: You got a country practice twice, but you, you didn't even get uh, Blue healers once. Uh, but it was, a, I guess, a little bit of a reunion for some of them, but I don't think they were all in, in there at the same time. Look, yeah. I've got sidetracked for a moment there. Um, Darklands, um, I, I feel like people must watch this film, not not just because it's good, um, but there is just so much that gets you thinking and makes you think about things within yourself. What do you think people can take away from the movie?
1: Look, it is absolutely what you're saying, Aaron. It's about, you know, how we reflect on ourselves as humans, you know, what is important in life and, you know, the examined life or the unexamined life is only a life half lived, you know, as one of the great philosophers says. And I think we are in a time that's, you know, allowing us to be unexamined in our responses where we're told that if you feel something strongly, you should be able to react, that your feelings are valid, that you're as important as everybody else, where well, we're all valid and we're all important and we all have opinions. But, this film is um is a warning that if if you don't examine yourself and your responses that you can wreak havoc that you'll regret deeply and and so it is a morality tale about checking yourself checking your responses and presuming that you don't know the full story and that's a really good place to start.
0: I almost feel like this movie is like your Oscar moment. I mean, you, I know you've done headlines and big shows like City Homicide and things like this. And this was a, a lower budget Australian film that was filmed under COVID. But I can imagine how an actor can can have a breadth of work, but there's always something that was done because of the importance of the storytelling. Um, was this like a one in a million experience in terms of, of storytelling and, and, and bringing everything that you've experienced as an actor and bringing that to the table?
1: Um, I, in some ways, yes. I mean, I've done. I have to say that um, working in theatre is is probably more demanding than ever shooting a film or television show because mm-hmm. of what it requires you to do on a daily basis in live in a live context and um, the commitment that takes is is a, is a whole different skill set. So I've had to draw on. <laughs> I've had to draw from deep places before in order to get through you know, theatre shows and tours and things like that. But, you know, this film I think required an actor who had a a skill base and an agility and ability to be able to deliver without too much problem, you know. There was no time to kind of go for multiple takes in order to, you know, gear up to a performance. It had to be there. And so I think that speaks to my... My skill and my craft—that is—that is craft mixed with something else, which you know I won't go into what that is. It's a whole other conversation about what acting is as a hmm. as, as an art form. But yeah, I mean, I think having a, Samantha and having actors like Damien Molting—they're they're actors who can, you know, you wind them up and they go. And 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 for all for all great actors in the world, you know, there is something about actors who are who are well-worked and who understand a film set and who know how to navigate themselves into a performance when it counts in that moment. Um, and inexperienced actors probably don't do that so well.
0: Mm. Well, finally, can I just ask um, what what's coming up for you next? Where can, have, you, have you got anything else sort of booked or theatre or television coming up?
1: Yeah, I'm actually working on something that's in development at the moment. There's a few things, Aaron, and they're really in development, sort of crackling away. So I'm not going to say too much other than to say I'm hoping to move more into creative producing myself. So um, uh, as much as I always want to be acting, I'm, I'm at that that point now. This is 40 years in this industry for me. And I've seen a lot of scripts. I've been in a lot of other people's stories and okay. um, they're sort of flowing out of me now too. So um, it seems that there's an opening for me to step into that role. Yeah, so that's that's what's ahead for me. Aaron, I hope to stay in the industry. I mean, it's been a hard and uh, a bit of a roller coaster of a, of a ride, staying, uh, staying loyal to an industry, especially under conservative governments that don't care too much about funding the arts. And, you know, it's always been a little bit of a struggle, to be honest. There's been some great highlights and some real lowlights lights. Um, and in moving forward, I'm really hoping to stay an integral part of story building in this country because I think we're at a crossroads where we really need to um, throw a lot of our a lot of energy at finding pathways forward uh, in terms of the kind of storytellers we want to be in Australia.
0: Yeah, well, you're a favourite treasure with with the Australian public, and um, you know, been in some great shows. Ho- hopefully, lots more to come. But a a brilliant and confronting movie, um, Nadine, in Darklands. And um, I think everyone should watch. Thank you for joining me um, today at TV Central.
1: Aaron, Thank you so much for your support for this film. Um, We need people to support Australian cinema. And um, the insightful way that you've read this film has been a real pleasure. So thanks for taking the time to talk with me.
0: No worries. Thank you um darklands is available on stan however if you don't have stan it is being shown on free to air on nine go at 9 30 p.m on thursday the 2nd of march so everyone can see it now free to air on nine go next week it's being released in america under a different title um line of fire That's it for this episode. For all the latest news, podcasts, streaming info, guides, and ratings, head to tvcentral.com.au. Until next time, I'm Aaron Ryan. Thanks to Nadine Gardner. Bye for now.